0: Hi listeners, this is Rhea, and before we get into today's episode, I need to fill you in on some news about what's going to be happening with Podcast 9 and 3 quarters for the rest of the year. That's the year 2021 for everyone who's listening to this from the distant future. So I've got some good news, some bad news, and some news that we think is good, but you'll have to make up your own mind about it. The good news is that my brilliant co-host and sister, Jem, as some of you may know her, is going to be very, very busy for the next three months. We can't really talk about it too much, but she's going to be spending some time providing services and financial support to people living in rural, remote, and indigenous communities in Australia. It's an incredible opportunity, and we should all be super excited for her. But the bad news is that while Jem is spending the next three months in some of the most remote parts of Australia, she can't guarantee that she's going to have reliable access to internet, which makes... Recording and releasing a podcast on a regular schedule kind of difficult. So the final piece of news that you get to decide whether it's good or whether it's bad is that while Jem is away, we will be taking a break from our normal content. And instead, we're going to be releasing a special mini-series we've called What If Neville Was the Chosen One? Jem and I recorded this together before she left. It's a seven-episode-long hypothetical where we go through the entire series and reimagine everything with Neville as the protagonist. We absolutely loved working on this. We think it's really special and really fun and hopefully you're gonna love it too. But if you don't, that's okay. You can take a break from the show and check back with us at the end of the year when Jem has returned from her adventures and everything's back to normal. So in terms of release, episodes will go out as they always do on the 1st and the 15th of every month right up until the end of November. Then we're going to take a short break and we'll be back with our holiday special in mid-December. Oh, and one more thing. We don't have the details for this finalized yet, but if you check our social media accounts alongside the release of these mini-series episodes, there might be some cool extra content you can find. So if you're listening to this right now... Hey, jump onto our Twitter, Insta, Facebook, Tumblr. There should be something cool that you can see there. And that's all I'm going to say about that. While Jem's gone, I have absolute control over all of the social media accounts, as well as all of the content on the show. So Jem can't stop me from using my power for evil. Hey Jem, when you hear this, guess what? I'm going to use my power for evil. Okay. (laughs) I love you, just like I love all of our listeners. Thanks for sticking with us, everyone. Now, please enjoy part one of the incredible adventures of Neville Longbottom, the boy who lived. To our new listeners, welcome. To our old listeners, welcome back. Another episode of Magical Education awaits you, but first we would like to say a few words. Nitwit, blubber, oddment, tweak. Podcast nine and three quarters topic of the week is, what if Neville was the chosen one? Hey there listeners, I'm Jem. And I'm Rhea, and this time we're talking about what if Voldemort picked Neville instead of Harry. We've brought this up a lot before, and now we're finally gonna hash it out. We're gonna talk it through. It's a rich vein. There's a lot going on here. A lot of people have talked about this before, Mm -hmm. and I've seen a lot of takes of it that are like, oh, well, now Neville is best friends with Ron and Hermione, and Snape all Neville, and I strongly disagree. Yeah. Like, I think if you take it that way, you're basically... You're literally just swapping Harry and Neville's personalities and being like, everything else is exactly the same. And that's boring. I think the repercussions are quite dramatic and it's hard to really picture how it would look. So we need to talk about it. Yeah, I tried to, like, prepare notes on this and I'm like, well, what I want to do is, like, run through the entire series. Like, Mm. from the very beginning. And every little change you make has such a big spiralling effect. By the time I got to book four, I'm like, I just... Everything would be so different by now. I can't keep going. Yeah, honestly, I felt the is same. Without your input. Yeah, yeah. I I just sort of made dot points of like questions, I guess, so that we can talk about. Yeah, it. questions to talk about. Okay. So sh- I think like where we start is the prophecy, prophecy. Yeah. of course. Sleep hears prophecy. Well, he hears mm-hmm. the part about Beginning the birth of, the of a boy in July to parents who thrice defied the Dark Lord, and that will be the boy who defeats Voldemort. That's what he hears. Yeah. Immediately, he runs off to yeah. Voldemort. Voldemort hears the prophecy, has a big think. And he's like, Neville. Yeah. That's the one. There's two people who this could apply to. The Potters and their boy, or the Longbottoms and their boy. Clearly, the biggest threat to me is the pureblood. Yeah. So I've got to take him out. Yeah. And Snape's like, phew, that was a close call. But he stays with Voldemort. <laughs> this is clearly the biggest yes. like transgression. Snape is no longer a double agent. He's just a Death Eater. Like... <laughs> Absolutely. That's the hugest change right from the beginning. Snape never turns. He's still a Death Eater. So then we have the question, I guess it'll come up a bit later, but does, when Voldemort, okay, we'll we'll continue. Sorry. Because like, that's another question. So we can't keep jumping forward. It's, we we gotta keep going. So Potters and Longbottoms both go into hiding because that happened either way. Dumbledore's made the arrangements. We presume he's probably made the the same arrangements for both. So a secret keeper. Yeah. So the Longbottoms have a secret keeper. It's not Peter Pettigrew, because that doesn't make no. any sense. Who would their secret keeper be? Surely not yeah. a relative. It's too obvious. Yeah, the only person I can think of is their nan, but that's the only person that, like, I know of yeah. the Longbottoms. Besides great uncle would Albie. you know that the Longbottoms have, like, quite a big family. Like, there's Neville's got aunts and uncles and all that sort of people. That he talks about. Yeah. So Frank and or Alice had siblings. Maybe one of them is who they trust. We know that there's a great uncle, Algie. So that's clearly Grandma um, Longbottom's, maybe, her brother. her brother. Maybe. We don't know if Frank, because we know Grandma Longbottom's son is Frank. Mm-hmm. And we don't know if she had any other children. I think not. I think she's okay. a... I think she just had one son that she's very proud of and very invested in. Wizards do tend to lean towards one child and heir, unless you're the Weasleys. (laughs) And we don't know anything about Alice. We know she's also a pureblood, though. I think that you wouldn't want to choose a relative, because obviously, if I'm Voldemort, the first people I'm going to be checking out is the relatives. Yeah. I think a better choice is a member of the Order. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So, somebody that they're friends with... Look, fucking the ideal solution is like the long bottoms of the potter's secret keeper the potter's the long bottom secret keeper yeah and no one ever sees them again (laughs) yeah and and they're gone forever it's like you can't tell anyone because you can't come out of hiding yeah we stay like this in perpetuity (laughs) i just think obviously it would be someone in the order but i'm inclined to say that no matter who it is voldemort would have found a way to yeah. get through to them, to kill them, torture them, do something to get that secret out and find out where the Longbottoms are located and then go to the Longbottom house. Yeah. So now we here's, have to discuss what happens next. what I next. think happens. Yeah. Because it's too crazy if we start getting too far off track. So what I think happens is Peter Pettigrew is still a cowardly little rat man. Okay. He's still terrified to be defying Voldemort. He still thinks Voldemort's going to win and wants to change to his side. So instead of being like, oh, I'm the Potter's Secret Keeper, how beautiful and perfect for me, he gets the secret out of the Longbottom Secret Keeper, or he finds out who the Longbottom Secret Keeper is, and that's the information that he takes to Voldemort. So Pettigrew is still the traitor, but instead of betraying the Potter's location, he betrays the Longbottom Secret Keeper, and then they just grab that person and torture it out of them. See, I didn't think that Peter Pettigrew would have anything to do with this. Yeah, look, that's very true, but I just—he's still there, and he's still a traitor. Why is he suddenly loyal and like an upstanding member of the Order of the Phoenix in this version of the tale? No, I wouldn't say that. I'd say he's still there, and he's still a traitor. He's still a cowardly traitor. So, he might might have learned that, like, well, he knows from Dumbledore that the Potters are possibly in danger, Mm -hmm. but then he might have learned by being a cowardly traitor that the Death Eaters are actually targeting the Longbottoms. And rather than doing something about it, he does nothing.
1: Okay. (laughs) Because
0: he knows it doesn't put him in direct line of fire. And so then he just lives with that consequence for the rest of his life. Whether that puts him towards the path of death Eatering or just puts him on the path of being cowardly and not trying to get involved on either side too much. I think the latter. Well, I think he was already passing information to the Death Eaters, because Sirius and Remus both suspected that each other was the spy, remember? They knew there was a spy in the Order. Okay. And it was Peter Pettigrew, yeah. And it was Peter Pettigrew. Okay. Um, so I guess, yeah, he's still a Death Eater, but I think he just doesn't get exposed. Yeah. Well, he's not really a Death Eater. I mean, yeah, he is. He's just passing information off to them. Mm. I just don't think he gets exposed and maybe he doesn't get drawn too much more into that world because his life okay. doesn't change drastically. That's going to have massive consequences. if he, yes. <laughs> If the war ends and he doesn't get He doesn't go into hiding, doesn't go to prison if he's just allowed to continue living his life. Mm -hmm. That's going to have such massive ripple effects. Oh, God, the story's changed so much already. (laughs) There's probably some death eaters in prison or who were caught that know that Pettigrew was the one that was feeding them information. Maybe that will come up later, but I don't think Pettigrew has, like, full-on turned to the dark side and is like no. with them now. I think he's very much trying to stay on the winning side, but he just, he did some things he regrets and he's mm. worried that's going to come back to bite him later in life. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he gets sold out by someone like Igor Karkaroff who was giving yeah. up names, but maybe again, the death eaters didn't know who each other were specifically mm-hmm. to avoid this. They all wore masks and didn't use each other's real names and shit. At least the first time around. Yeah, so it could be possible that no one knew it was pedigree. They just knew it was someone in the order.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: So. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> all right. So, someone in the order who was made the secret keeper—not pedigree though, because that he was made the secret keeper for the Potters. Mm-hmm. Cracks caves under torture. Does something yeah. betrays them. Voldemort's at the Longbottom house what happens. <laughs> yeah. We've we've got to get at least this far. I think if we want the story to be even slightly salvageable, it's gotta be a similar sort of thing. Yeah. He goes in, he kills the parents, mm. they die protecting their son, that creates the love spell around Neville. Yeah. And I don't think that's too far a stretch, given what we know about Alice and Frank Longbottom. I think they were very brave people. They were willing to sacrifice themselves for the protection of mm. the people that they loved. Yeah. I, I don't think fighters, it's... Yeah. Voldemort. They're yeah. both auras. I don't think it's unreasonable that they would throw themselves in front of a killing curse to save their son. Yeah, their newborn baby whom they love. Yeah. I also, I saw a take on this that was like, well, the only reason that Lily was able to do this love thing around Harry was because Voldemort gave her a chance to be spared. Because Snape mm-hmm. pleaded for her, he was like, stand aside, girl. Oh. And then she chose to sacrifice herself. So if Voldemort doesn't give Alice and or Frank that same stand aside, they don't have the opportunity to sacrifice themselves. But I think if we're we're doing that, then like, well, Voldemort kills all the Longbottoms and then maybe goes and kills (laughs) the Potters just to be safe. (laughs) Story (laughs) continues as it was. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that would be how it goes. But I think also, like, that's giving a lot of credence to Snape's ability to manipulate Voldemort, I guess. Yeah. I think, like, even if Voldemort hadn't given Lily the choice, she still would have made the choice to step in front of the cradle. Yeah. Like and the same yeah. with Frank um, Longbottom or Alice. Like they would have done the same. Like it's not. Yeah. A, it's not a choice. Like you know, if someone yeah, says exactly. to you, "Oh, I'm going to kill your baby," move aside. Of course, you're going to be like, "No." <laughs> like you would have. Even like, if Voldemort hadn't hesitated and been like, "Move aside, Lily." It's not as if if Voldemort came into the room like already casting the Killing Curse straight at Lily. Like she would have done anything else. Yeah, exactly. Like she was always going up there to. Try to save her child. Yeah. So yeah, I think we've if we want to do this episode, (laughs) we've got to get at least to the point that uh, that Neville is the boy who lived. (laughs) Like we can't be like, and he's dead. The end. Thanks for listening. (laughs) And I guess we get to the point where Frank Longbottom is the one who steps in front of baby Neville to protect him, because then we know we know Neville's grandmother, so we can work with that. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, Frank is the one who dies, not Alice, because otherwise we've got to make up new original characters and it's too hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just don't know him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, cards fall into place. Baby Neville dead. <laughs> not baby Neville dead. Baby Neville alive. Big Longbottom's dead. Neville gets picked up by Dumbledore and taken okay. to his grandmother. No Hagrid. Yes. <laughs> I want to also talk about what's happening with Harry, because their stories are so tied, we okay. can't just ignore Harry. Do we get a flip okay. and Lily and James get tortured to the point of insanity like the Longbottoms did? Hmm. A- Alice and um, Frank were targeted because they were auras. I thought they weren't targeted because they were part of the prophecy. No one knew about the prophecy except Snape, Dumbledore, and Voldemort, right? I thought that they, I thought that, that was why they were targeted. Nobody knew the contents I of, the know. Prophet- of the prophecy, but I think Bellatrix was one of the people who tortured them. And I think she maybe knew yeah. that, like, Voldemort was either going to target the Longbottoms or the Potters. There's no evidence to that. I think that they were targeted because they were Aurors that had put away a lot of people. And they were actually targeted after the war ended. So it was very much seemed to me like a crime of revenge. Like, you've put away all my friends. I'm going to fuck you up. And that was Bellatrix, her husband, and Buddy Crouch Jr. Oh, I thought it was like, that. you were a part of whatever it was that killed the Dark Lord. I want him back. You have information, Maybe. It was like a desperation oh. sort of attack. I now yeah, I've never seen it like that. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, okay. I thought they were targeted because they were auras. And they were very much Look, like. Look, neither prolific. of us are pre- fully prepared to have this argument. So yeah. let's just say for the sake of it that they were attacked because they were auras. Lily and James fly under the radar and are able to raise their son. Yeah. Because we could be like they're in St. Mungo's and Harry gets raised by Sirius, but it's largely gonna be the same. Mm-hmm. So Lily James alive, raising their son Harry. Sirius not in prison. Mm-hmm. Remus has a good support network. So, yeah. Th- he's not like cured of his like hand anything, but he's got people who have money and can t- take care of him. Categories <laughs> Pettigrew, on the on the winning side. Not in jail, um, not exposed as a traitor or no. Yeah. Not exposed as I'd a traitor. I'd say not exposed as a traitor. Maybe some Death leaders know there was someone in the Order that was feeding information. Maybe they don't know it was Pettigrew. Potential that he could be exposed in the future, but he's not in hiding as a rat. He's always looking over his shoulder, but he's not um in hiding. Yeah. All right. Okay. So much has changed so quickly. We haven't gotten to, like, the first chapter of book one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hagrid. Why would Hagrid be called to transport baby Neville. He wouldn't. wouldn't. Dumbledore would just pick him up and take him straight to his grandmothers. Oh, actually, maybe. Like, Dumbledore sent him to get baby Harry, and Dumbledore could have gotten baby Harry on his own. Maybe he does send Hagrid. But the point of sending Hagrid right was to make sure that Harry would be protected on his journey to the Muggle world, from Wizarding to Muggle world, right? Oh, okay. I guess so. I think it's more like Hagrid's a big, strong guy. So, like... (laughs) I want Harry with someone who can protect him. So maybe it's like I want Neville with someone who can protect him just to take him to the grandmothers. Yeah, the people who can protect him are already there and know about what's happened. Like, you know, that's that's, the difference. Like, you know, with the Potter situation none of Harry's relatives know that this has Mm -hmm. happened and understand the consequences of what's happened. Yeah, Like, you know, but with Neville's um, grandmother, she would be like, oh, yep. I'm ready to take the kid. She probably already had that in the back of her mind, that that might be a thing that she has to do. Like, you know. Yeah, I think anyone who's living through a war and who knows that their family's gone into hiding for an entire year yeah. is like, yeah, look, there's a potential that I'm going to end up raising this kid. Mm-hmm. So, no Hagrid involved. Mm. That also no creates Hagrid. a lot of ripples. <laughs> yeah, that also has a big effect, especially on book one. Hagrid's such a big, important part yeah. of book one. Hagrid tells me about Nicholas Hamel. Yeah. <laughs> so... All right. Okay. Um, <laughs> so now we're getting into the boy who lived is being raised fully aware of magic, fully integrated into the wizarding world. Mm-hmm. And fully aware of who How he is. How does this change that? Yeah. Who he is, what he is, what it means, what okay. happened to so it. so let's go back to Neville in the books. Neville is raised by wizards. He has big expectations on him because of, like, his grandmother's expectations on, his, on mm-hmm. her own son, his father. Mm-hmm. These kind of backfire under this sort of pressure that he's under and he's sort of suspected to be a squib he's very late bloomer he gets chucked out of the second mm-hmm. story window and bounces like a ball to prove that he has magic and all this sort of stuff how yeah. might this change if neville was the prophesied chosen one and everyone knows that he defeated the dark wizard at a young age okay neville doesn't thrive under pressure he thrives like when he's nurtured and supported mm-hmm. And has people who believe in him. That's what we see happen in book five. See. And then from there, he flourishes. But what's to say that his grandmother won't believe in him from the initial? Because. Exactly. exactly. Well, that's what I was about to say. like, Like, he has a massive amount of pressure on him because he's the boy who lived and everyone has great expectations, but he's also the world's most special little boy. He's proven himself. So he's going to be getting, yeah, yeah, he's going to be getting lots of special treatment that previously went to Harry. Yeah. Dumbledore, the teachers, they're all doting on him now. Yeah. Like, you know, his grandmother doesn't have any reason to doubt that he lacks magic or he lacks gusto, as she might put Mm -hmm. it, because he's already defeated (laughs) the most darkest wizard that's ever lived and survived unscathed, practically except for a skull. Like yeah, everyone thinks that Harry has this like deep well of magical potential, which maybe he isn't showing straight away. But like mm. we're still we're in his corner. He's the boy who lived. He's the golden child. But then he might be showing it straight away because if Neville's a Horcrux, he might have some of that Voldemort energy rubbing off on him. You know. Yeah, he's got that special magic juice. He's got more (laughs) magic juice. Like, you know, Neville's already Mm. proved himself to be quite a powerful and adept wizard, like, throughout the books as he Mm. gains confidence. But what's to say that, like, he might already be showing some signs younger because of what's happened to him? Yeah. And also, big, big, big change, I think, in the books, books one to basically all of five, Neville doesn't have his own wand. He's got his father's wand. That's right. That's right. I don't think that's the case if he's the boy who lived. Oh. Purely on the basis of you're the boy who lived, I think he gets his own wand. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And also what's to say that the wand wasn't destroyed? Like, Harry's house was fucking blown mm. apart. Who's to say that his father's wand wasn't destroyed? His father was at the impact zone protecting him. Yeah, so like, I don't think Frank's wand is part of this. Because so Neville has his own wand. So that means that... Once again, Neville gets better at magic after book five when his father's wand is destroyed and he gets his mm-hmm. own wand to replace it. So I think Neville's already got a lot in his corner yeah. from the beginning. He's got, a, he's, he's got a grandmother who maybe is a bit stern with him, maybe has... Mm-hmm. I, I picture his grandmother now a bit like um, Amos Diggory, like sort of being a bit braggy, yeah, I think so. having a lot of expectations of her grandson. Maybe he gets a bit embarrassed by that sometimes. But all in all... It's a different situation. Mm. Like he's in a household that loves him. Yeah. He's not being abused. He he might be yeah, definitely. he might be under pressure. Not being trapped in a cupboard or any shit. He might be under pressure, but he's not being abused. Does this go to his head as Dumbledore predicted that it might for Harry? Does this make him selfish or arrogant? See, I picture Mrs. Longbottom, grandma Longbottom, Augusta, I think her name is. Yeah. Like, she shows up at the Battle of Hogwarts to fight. Yeah. I picture her as more of a McGonagall type. Mm-hmm. Very, very stern. Very, very disciplined. But also 100% in your corner and willing to fight for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how I see Neville's Grant. And I think Neville doesn't thrive under that as much when he's, you know, the shy boy who's constantly being taken to see his terribly crippled parents. Mm-hmm. Like... That's too much and it doesn't help him grow. But I think, like, you know, you're the world's most special little boy, but I'm here to keep you on track is a different sort of environment. Okay, so she's a bit like a Pearl and Garnet mix. (laughs) Yeah, I think, like, definitely Neville gets fed the idea that he's special Mm -hmm. from the beginning. But I I just don't see Neville as an arrogant person. Like, no. you'd have to completely rewrite his personality for him to be an arrogant braggart of a person. No, and it's still like, yes, you're the most special boy in the world, but you still have to, like, clean the mothballs off your granny's, like, feather hat, you know? Mm. <laughs> like, it's, there's a humbling experience about living with Grandma Longbottom, I imagine. Like, she wouldn't mm. go easy on him. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Neville gets out of chores yeah. or anything. And I think there's still, like, the central humbling factor of Harry, which is he's famous for something that he doesn't remember, mm-hmm. that he has no control that over. that his parents. He doesn't even know if it was him. Yeah. So, like, there's always that core of doubt of, like, well, everyone says I'm special, but am I special? What did I actually do? How did I defeat Voldemort? Was it a fluke? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that very much grounds you. And I think also maybe Neville would still have the same kind of interest in herbology and his toad that he does when he's in the regular series so that could also be quite different too because like maybe augusta longbottom has this expectation that neville's going to be an aura just like his dad Mm. but he's like no i i just really like the plants and the garden and like i I really like this toad i found and it's like um Mm. so he knows that these are the things that people are saying about him but really he just those are his passions. Because <laughs> like, Neville doesn't want to yeah. hurt anyone. I, I don't imagine that would change. Neville's not a violent person. I don't think Neville wants to hurt anyone. No. no. But I think he would... So that's going to be a problem. <laughs> I think he would develop a backbone earlier, though. Because in the first book, he has yeah. that backbone. Like, Ron tells him, Neville, you need to start standing up for himself. On the next page, he punches mm-hmm. Crab in the face. Which is good. Yeah. But I think he would just develop that earlier. Neville's arc in the first book is him finding the confidence to stand up for himself. And he does that yeah. age 11. I think he has the confidence to stand up for himself, if not already, like like right there, he's on the precipice of it when he gets to Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. And I think he has the confidence to stand up for others yeah. as well. I think he's still a shy boy. I don't think he loves the spotlight. Mm. And I think he definitely feels no. the pressure of everyone looking at him and he doesn't love that. But I think that he can stand up for himself, absolutely. And that is going to very, very quickly turning to stand up for other people mm-hmm. as soon as he's in an environment full of other children. So let's talk about that when he's on the train to Hogwarts. Yes. He meets Hermione. <laughs> he meets Hermione because he loses his toad. Hermione, determined, wants to find the toad for Neville. Mm-hmm. And then she also is like, Timmy Cricket, you're Neville Longbottom, the boy who lived. I've read about you. Yeah. So now, I think Neville and Hermione become friends eventually. Maybe it's not instant yeah. but they become friends. I think so as well because I don't see Hermione as... The kind of person who, like, jumps onto fame or anything. I don't think it's like, oh, Neville's the boy who lived. Suddenly Hermione wants to be his friend. I think Hermione has a very academic curiosity about Harry, and that's part of what draws her to him. (laughs) Yeah. Who is this guy? There's all these books about him. I've read about you. Who is he? Who's he going to be? I think that's a big part of why she's so up in Ron and Harry's business all the fucking time. (laughs) Yeah. Like, who is this kid? He seems so average, like, even though there's all these books and shit about him. And I think that Neville's averageness coming from the pureblood magical background and Hermione's exceptional skills coming from her muggle-born background, they balance each other well. Mm-hmm. And I think if like he clings onto her because he's looking for friends and she's interested in him and wants to be around him, I feel like they connect mm. in a way that they didn't in the series. And I think it's also kind of hinted at in the original series that Neville has a bit of a crush on Hermione. Like he asks her to the Yule Ball. <laughs> oh, he's always, does he? That's cute. He always <laughs> listens to Hermione's advice. Okay, I'm into this. He, he used to he usually likes to sit next to Hermione in potions. I yeah, think they that do Neville together. Neville's a bit sweet on Hermione, so I wouldn't be surprised if he wanted to be her friend because he's a bit sweet on her. Okay. I don't think Let's talk about the boys. I don't think mm. Seamus and Dean are interested in being friends with Neville because they weren't interested in being friends with Harry. No. They've, they've got their own thing going on. <laughs> yeah. Seamus and Dean are just like broing it out. <laughs> yeah. I think Harry and Ron connect as normal. Yeah. Like, take out the I'm the boy who lived of their conversation and everything else goes exactly the way it did. <laughs> Except, oh, here's a big change. Draco and Crab and Goyle don't come into the carriage and be like, you're the boy who lived to Harry and Ron. They do that to Neville and yeah. Hermione, presumably. Yeah. So I think, like, you're the boy who lived, you're hanging out with this mudblood. Mud blood. Like, that yeah. happens really, really soon. Mm-hmm. Does and Neville stand up to Draco and tell him to shove off and not be friends with him? I think he would stand up, especially if Draco used the word mudblood. Yeah, um, but then again, does Draco even know Hermione's in my blood yet? <laughs> that would probably be established in the conversation, anyway. But yeah, um, I guess it yeah. will come up, <laughs> yeah, because his first question would be, "Who are your parents?" I haven't heard of Granger before, anyway. Yeah, um, like in the book, he takes one look at Ron is like, "You are a Weasley," so I think he'd take one look at her and be like, "I don't know who the fuck you are. It must be a buckle <laughs> <one."> <laughs> Yeah, honestly. So it would it's come on up. sight with Draco, <laughs> <laughs> honestly. Um, snap judgment. It would come up pretty quick, especially because I reckon. Augusta Longbottom would have drilled into Neville like fucking every day, like every Christmas mm. sits him down for the big talk of like your parents stood up against Voldemort because they believed mm-hmm. in a society where wizards could live peacefully alongside muggles and muggle-borns and that's the right way to live and that's what we still fight for now and all this sort of stuff. So I think that would be instilled yeah. in him and he's a compassionate person. So I think he would be offended if Hermione was called a slur yeah. <laughs> and he was stand up And I also... It. Yeah, I think that he would stand up for Hermione, because we've given him that extra confidence. But I also think we have to take into account Neville was raised in the Wizarding World. So this isn't his first Mm -hmm. exposure to blood purism, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I think, yeah, like, chances are very good that he's already encountered Lucius Malfoy. Mm -hmm. Like, being out in the world, I don't know, being in Diagon Alley, being somewhere, it's not a big world. There's not a lot of people. Neville gets attention when he goes out with his gran. He's definitely had... People mm-hmm. coming along trying to smooth him and get in, in with get in close with the boy who lived. Like from the age of five probably. Yeah. He was dealing with this and his grandmother was pulling them along and being like, Not everyone that is nice to you is gonna be your friend. You've got to learn to judge people and yeah. you know, take into account their character. I think he was getting that training from a young age because he just yeah. would be. And then and on that vein, who's to say Neville hasn't met other families that are involved with the order too because i imagine augusta would have perhaps encouraged that like oh i'm having a fancy dinner party and i'm inviting the weasleys and the potters and we're gonna just Mm -hmm. like have a chat and like reminisce on war stories and neville you can come in but you have to go to bed at 10 or whatever um like yeah yeah so who's to say neville isn't familiar with the weasleys and the potters he might have met them before yeah yeah, the books kind of assume that all of the Wizarding children are raised in isolation and they don't really meet each other until that first day at Hogwarts. <laughs> but that's just that's just Harry's like naivety and non-exposure to the world bleeding through into the rest of it. That just wouldn't be the case. Yeah, there's no reason why you would raise Neville in absolute exclusion from every other Wizarding child his own age. Like he would just know other people. He would yeah. have to. So he'd probably know Ron. He'd probably know Harry. I don't think he'd be too close with them because he's not too close with them yeah. in the regular story. Like, they don't have much in common. I think he's friendly with them. Yeah, I don't think that there's a connection there. I think that's that's going to change. Mm, maybe. But I think from the beginning, they're not good friends. Yeah, they just know each other. Yeah. Does he get sorted into Gryffindor? I'd say yeah. I don't think there's much of a change there. I yeah. think so. Yeah. With with the new expectations placed on him, like, he was the big hat stall between, I think, Hufflepuff and Gryffindor. Mm. But with the weight of you're the boy who lived, and also the hats being like, Slytherin's an option for some unknown reason, <laughs> like, I think he's strongly being like, no, like this is what I need to be. I've got to be in Gryffindor. Yeah. Okay, next question. Does Snape work at the school? No. <laughs> I just think okay. firmly no. He's either in prison, or he got away with it, and he's loose in the world. Mm. But I don't think there's any reason why Dumbledore would trust him enough to put him on the staff yeah i agree so i think he's loose honestly because i think he managed he would have managed to slip out of prison somehow actually igor karkaroff knew he was a death eater he gave up his name the only reason he stayed out of prison was because of dumbledore's defense dumbledore's word so actually he'd He'd be be in prison prison. he gets exposed (laughs) fuck that guy yeah off to jail got him (laughs) got him so who's the potions teacher would it be Slughorn, or would it be just another random person? Could it be Lily Evans? <laughs> like, I would love it if it was Lily Evans. That's great. But Me too. <laughs> yeah, but Slughorn had retired. There's no reason he would have come out of retirement. Mm. I think it's either a random person, or if we want to say Lily, I'm happy to do Lily. I'm happy to do Lily. We know she's good at potions, mm. so that's... And also, I guess James might be good at potions, maybe? It never really comes up. I think... He's like... Lord of a potions empire. <laughs> yeah, James is like a wealthy heiress. Basically, <laughs> he's a wealthy stay-at-home dad. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think stay-at-home dad. And then when Harry goes off to school, he either does something with his life or he just kicks it sweet for the rest of existence. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he has like if he's like the sponsor of a Quidditch team or something like that yeah. as well. Like, I think he's yeah. like he's got money-making things going on. Like investments, but I don't think he yeah. is like running a shop or anything like that. Mm. But I could really see Lily actually doing a potions master thing, because like you know from what we know about her, she like you know likes kids. Yeah. <laughs> she died for one, <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised if she I could see her in like a nice teacher role mm. where she's like teaching kids how to make boils cures yeah. and stuff. She got she <laughs> yeah. got her newts. like she didn't have to drop out of school. Mm-hmm. So maybe like we know that she married had harry very very young but after the war dies down and when harry's you know three or four or not as completely dependent on her as a baby is maybe she gets a bit more higher education yeah and then by the time harry's you know seven eight that sort of thing like she gets a job at school and james takes over a stay-at-home dad until harry goes off to hogwarts every year yeah cool i love that for them i I love lily (laughs) Oh my god, Professor Potter. So Professor cute. Potter. Okay. okay. So this, this is going to change a lot, because... <laughs> yeah. Because now Neville has no reason to be bad at potions. Yeah. Because as I've said before, given Neville's interests and academic strengths, he should be good at potions. Yeah. The only reason he's bad at it is because of the abuse and bullying from Snape. Yes. The reason he's bad yeah. at potions is because he gets bullied by a teacher that he's terrified of. But if Lily's his teacher... She would have no reason... She would, in fact, maybe be more compassionate Mm. to Neville because she knows about the situation of his parents. (laughs) Yeah, well, she she would be friends with his grandmother, surely. Yeah, so he'd probably be really good at potions. Yeah, Neville and Harry probably had play dates when they were younger. (laughs) Yeah, that could come in handy for later. Yeah, especially because Neville's new best friend is Hermione sitting next to him in every class. Mm -hmm. I don't think she's doing his homework for him, although she does that for Harry and Ron, so maybe. But, like, I think... (laughs) Having Hermione there with him, like, really helps him a lot (laughs) in classes. Neville's quite academic. The only thing that we know that holds Neville back is when he feels he's under pressure. So that's why he struggles in Transfiguration, because McGonagall can be quite stern. Fair, but Mm -hmm. stern. Same Mm -hmm. with Snape. But when he's in, like, Herbology, Sprout, who's super chill and just wants you to, like, you know, water a plant, he thrives in that sort of environment. Mm -hmm. So... And Flitwick as well. Neville's got great charm scores Mm -hmm. because Flitwick is a very encouraging, enthusiastic teacher. But we also know that this new Neville has grown up with a McGonagall-esque grandmother, as you described. So he might Mm -hmm. be more adaptable and easygoing under pressure. Yeah, I think think he's better with pressure because he's Mm. had the pressure of boy who lived and he's managed to deal with it somehow. I don't think he's ever going to be the kind of kid who thrives under pressure. But I also think that having Hermione next to him during classes deflects a lot of attention onto her and he can quietly get along with his work and get her whispered hints when he needs Mm -hmm. them. And I think that in pretty much all subjects, all subjects that he shares with Hermione, certainly he's doing okay. And in certain Mm -hmm. areas where he's really good, Herbology, Charms, Potions, he's thriving. He's never going to be a Transfiguration Master, but that's fine. No, and he's never going to, be a Quidditch master, is what I no. would also argue. He's not Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. No way he ends up on the Quidditch pitch. No. I, do you think he kicks his broom up into the air because he's super nervous and breaks his arm? Yeah. I think so. I think so, <laughs> too. And I think that's a bit embarrassing for him. Oh, massively embarrassing. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that definitely happens. So let's talk more about the plot of Book ten. Okay. So we know Hagrid's not his friend, Snape's mm-hmm. not at the school, but Quirrell is at the school, and he's trying yes. to get to little Neville. Yeah, he's got Voldemort. And head. trying to get that stone. So, okay. Dumbledore the says to Snape, keep an eye on Quirrell. Does he do that? Does he have a replacement Snape? Does he have someone doing his bidding? Maybe Minerva? Because she was in the Order, but so is Lily. Yeah, I can't see Lily being like his spy slash bodyguard like Snape is. No. Minerva, I guess, she's second mm. in command. I guess so, but she's not exactly sneaky, is she? Well, she's an animagus. She definitely use that as a spy thing right so yeah maybe Dumbledore like doesn't give clear explicit orders like he did to Snape because Snape knew what was up I think if he Mm. just said like Quirrell's been acting strange since he came back keep an eye on him for me I'm worried for him yeah as vice headmaster I expect that Minerva you should keep an eye on the staff and make sure that he's like normal um (laughs) yeah Yeah. so I don't think McGonagall's stalking him around the school like Snape was no but But if she noticed Quirrell doing some weird shit she might she might like go into her cat form and like chill up on a roof while Quirrell's like down below her talking to himself so she might pick up on more stuff than we give her credit for maybe I also think she's a Gryffindor though she doesn't like lie and wait and watch and calculate she acts if she sees Quirrell up to some shady shit yeah, She's going to do something about it. But she's also, like, you know, she's loyal to Dumbledore, so she would probably yeah, just she's report it. She'd report him to Dumbledore. <laughs> mm, yeah. Okay. Okay. The troll. So. Let's talk about the it. The troll. Oh, we're skipping to the troll I mean, already? I think we've established a lot of what he'd be like in his early classes. Does anything happen before the troll that's really significant? Well, yeah, there's the wizard duel between uh, yeah, yeah, Harry yeah. and Malfoy, supposedly, because that's when Harry and Ron leave the common room, uh, Hermione mm-hmm. chases after them then they encounter Neville recovering from his broken arm in the corridor and they go off and they find Fluffy. Okay. Right. You're right. I think something like that still happens. He's broken his but arm. But then we get to does Malfoy challenge Harry to a duel? Or does he challenge Neville to a duel? And obviously that wouldn't ha- spin out then because Neville's in the hospital wing. <laughs> yeah. Well I imagine that... has. Does Malfoy make an enemy of everyone in Gryffindor? I mean yeah. <laughs> yeah i think he wants to obviously we've talked before about how draco feels about the boy who lived Mm. so i think he would try and you know antagonize neville if neville had turned him down and called him out for using a slur on the train so yeah sure but i'm i'm not sure if neville rises to the bait like harry does no i don't think he would either i think he would be like You know, I'm not gonna duel you, that's ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Harry's ready to throw down with everyone that he meets at a moment's notice. Yeah. I think if Neville if Draco's being like sneak out in the middle of the night to fight me, Neville's gonna be like, No No. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I have nothing to prove to you. (laughs) Yeah. So Good point actually, yeah. Big dick energy. Just like, (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No. (laughs) And he wouldn't have Ron next to him being like, Oh yeah, like, you know, fuck it we'll, like we'll do it we're not afraid i'll be his second yeah he, he would have second, her mind like, next yeah. to him being like this is ridiculous like don't do this yeah and no, he'd be listening to her not sneaking out in the middle of the night so <laughs> <laughs> true yeah the the jewel wouldn't go ahead so he wouldn't learn about fluffy that way <laughs> it's falling apart it's falling apart Jim. cool so yeah he wouldn't encounter Fluffy that way how else would he encounter Fluffy well why would he need to sneak out at night we could just switch it up and say that Malfoy still wants to duel Harry and things still go the way that they did okay because look yeah hey look my little drarry ship of heart says that a big part of the reason why Draco goes after Harry is because he got a big crush on him <laughs> so maybe <laughs> yeah. that still happens yeah look I wouldn't put it past him and then like Neville's like finished recovering in the hospital wing and is walking back to his dorm and encounters all of them, including Hermione who's trying to stop them from being out of bed. And he's like, yeah. And he goes with them. He goes with them. Yeah. Cause Hermione's okay. his friend. Yeah. Okay. The troll. The troll. So Hermione has been offended by Ron and goes crying in the girl's bathroom. Neville mm-hmm. surely is waiting outside the girl's bathroom or trying to console her. <laughs> if she's so. his friend. Yeah. Yeah. If he knows so, about what's going on and he realises she's not there at the dinner, I think maybe he grabs, like, some food and he goes to go and find her. Yeah. Because he's a, he's a compassionate, caring kid. And Hermione's his only friend. What's he doing at the feast if she's not there? He doesn't want to be there. Would he encounter Quirrell luring the troll into the castle? <laughs> I don't think so. That that's a crazy change for <laughs> I mean the reason he Maybe. was able to lure in the trolls is because everyone was at the Halloween feast and Hermione was crying in the mm. bathroom but if Neville's wandering around trying to find Hermione but then again he knows where she is because Spavati told him so yeah. he would just head straight for the girl's bathroom yeah actually do Harry, do Harry and Ron get told Hermione's in the bathroom by Neville? yeah Neville knows yeah Okay, so maybe he says, like, I hope you two know that you made Hermione cry, and that's why she's not here, and I'm going to go comfort her now. Okay. Yeah, okay, I can see that. Mm. Look, we're trying really hard to keep things on track, but I think we're doing it so far. <laughs> okay. So he's he goes to the bathroom to console Hermione, he turns around and there's a fucking troll <laughs> trying to get to the bathroom. Okay. What happens? <laughs> <laughs> I think... I think he and Hermione basically do the same thing. They're cowering from the troll. I don't think Neville's facing up for the troll. No, no. I think he and Hermione are trying to get out of there and then Ron and Harry show up and fight the troll for them. Why would Ron and Harry... Oh, no, yeah, because Neville told them. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Yeah. Ron and Harry would That's why I said that. Got to put them back on track. Yeah, so, yeah, Neville and Hermione try and cower and duck and weave to get away from the troll and get somewhere safe. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. Harry shows up and fucking tries to fight a troll. And, yeah. (laughs) And then there are some things that you just can't go through without becoming best friends. So now we've got our golden right. quadro instead of our golden trio. Right, okay, yeah, that does make sense. Okay, I can see it. Yeah, that's why I wanted all of them there in the troll fight. We could argue that it goes a different way, but if we bind these four together, things are going to be a lot easier for us in this story. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because prior to this, I've been imagining it's Harry and Ron best friends since childhood. And it's Neville and Hermione found each other, kindred spirits, <laughs> they're getting along well. Now I think they bond together as a, a, I keep going to say okay. a trio, as a quadro. So then how do we get ne- Nicholas Flamel, Philosopher's Stone thing running? <laughs> okay, great question. And there's no Ara said for Neville, right? Or would there be? No, he would see his parents. Well, not, f- not for Neville. Well, yeah, because Hermione goes home for the holidays. Honestly, Neville goes home yeah. for the holidays as well. Why would his grandmother make him stay yeah. there? No, yeah. he goes home. Harry still gets the invisibility cloak. No, Harry already had the invisibility cloak. James gave it to him when yeah. he went to Hogwarts. Dumbledore didn't have it. Yeah. <laughs> Harry and Ron, kings of the castle, they've got an invisibility cloak. Nobody's around. I think they're still going on their nighttime adventures. Maybe they just find this magic mirror. Yeah. Okay. And then they tell Hermione and Neville about it, like, cool, look, you can see yourself as a Quidditch captain, you can mm-hmm. see yourself as Head Boy. and then Neville sees his dead parents. Yeah. <laughs> That's very upsetting. Yeah, it's very upsetting. And they're all there to see that. Yeah, We've forgotten something very important, which is that the reason why Harry gets on the I've got to find out what's going on here is because he goes to Gringotts with Hagrid and he sees the Philosopher's Stone and then he reads in the newspaper that Gringotts was broken into. Harry doesn't read that in the newspaper, doesn't take any notice of it. They have no idea there's anything going on. Hagrid wouldn't be friends with Neville. There's no indication to show that he would be. Hagrid isn't friends with the general students of Hogwarts. So if he doesn't bond with Harry and then meet Ron and Hermione through him, there's no reason to think that he'd Mm -hmm. be friends with our golden quadro. So we can't have Hagrid slipping the beans. Unless they all go in detention and then end up with Hagrid the Finn Forest. But the reason that they were on detention is because of the fucking dragon yeah, thing. Because of the dragon, yeah, because they're sneaking out. Maybe, maybe Ron and, maybe they mm-hmm. just get caught sneaking out. Like, we're changing things up here, but yeah, you said it. Ron and Harry find the yep. mirror during the holidays. Harry wouldn't get obsessed with it the mm-hmm. way he did because he's not seeing his dead parents. So when Hermione and Neville get back, they all sneak out together, and they go to see mm-hmm. the mirror, and maybe they get caught. Okay. And that's why but they're in detention. In the original, Dumbledore removes the mirror before the Christmas holidays because he doesn't want students finding it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> to prevent exactly this from occurring. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Hmm. But we... if we argue that Dumbledore wants Neville to solve the Philosopher's yes. Stone problem, he might keep it there after Christmas holidays so that Neville this might is... bump into it. <laughs> this is the other thing. Okay, so we've talked about this before, but to briefly recap, There is a theory that I believe is very, very credible, which is that the series of traps that lead to the Philosopher's Stone seem like they were perfectly designed for Harry, Ron, Hermione, and Neville to get through them. Mm -hmm. And it seems as if Dumbledore definitely wanted Harry to test himself against those trying to get the stone. Mm -hmm. As a way to, like, see if the boy who lived, like, really has what it has what it takes to like stop voldemort and blah 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 dumbledore definitely still has that going on maybe he's even a little bit more concerned about whether neville's got what it takes because neville's not thriving the way harry did Mm -hmm. so is dumbledore feeding them clues to get them onto the philosopher's stone mystery yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> so, how would he feed them clues? They've already bumped into Fluffy. Yeah, they know about Fluffy. So, so, they know that there's a dog there, they know that it's guarding something. The third third floor corridor is forbidden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they don't know what it's guarding. Maybe they, <laughs> they don't know about the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> they know that something was stolen from Gringotts, and maybe that's actually more notable to them. Because they know mm-hmm. that Gringotts can't be broken into, blah, blah, blah. They don't have the connection that Hagrid took something out of there. But something was stolen from Gringotts, maybe that sticks with them. Mm-hmm. What other clues do they have? Okay. They've got the mirror. Got the mirror. That's not that's not important till later, though. Yeah. Um, that just means that when whoever gets to the end of the Philosopher's <laughs> Stone challenges will be like, I know that mirror. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if... Okay, so if we have... Neville encountering the mirror after school holidays. He sees his parents. He becomes obsessed with the mirror. Dumbledore has left it there after school holidays mm-hmm. for this to happen. Yeah. Creepy. He knows that Harry's found it. He knows that Harry and Ron are friends with Neville and Hermione. He, so he knows that Neville will find out about it this way. He encounters Neville at the mirror. He gives him the big speech about, you know, dreams and, and bullshit mm-hmm. and what the mirror does. So Neville now knows what yep. the mirror is and what it does. Then Dumbledore says, but... I have been getting letters from your grandmother because you haven't been responding to her correspondence. And, and so I've explained that this is what I found you doing. And so because you've been coming out of bed at night and your grandmother knows about it and she's agreed, you have to go um, on detention. And okay. So then because, and because I know that you and your friends have also been coming out to this location, which is forbidden at night that you all have to go on detention. So you have to go to the Fin Forest right okay. so you're saying that neville goes into like harry's mini depressive state yeah. where he becomes obsessed with the mirror and he starts not responding to his grandmother maybe even skipping class that sort of thing yes okay okay and cool and they all get punished for dumbledore it. ropes the yes, others into it because they were out of bed too and introduced him to the cool. mirror and he's he's desperately trying to bind these friends together <laughs> yeah well he finds neville there with harry's cloak and he's like so I see, Mister Potter has had something to do with this. Yeah, um, and it's been he enabling was there, this. invisible, mind reading them all. Dumbledore, puppet master. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he yeah. puts them all in the Forbidden Forest. Okay. Okay. In the Forbidden <laughs> Forest, they encounter Quirrell running backwards, hunting things with a chainsaw, <laughs> as we've established yes cool so now they're like there is an evil presence in the school i think harry still definitely comes to the conclusion that it's voldemort well Neville would come to that conclusion yeah neville's <laughs> gonna come to that conclusion it's gonna hit him like a ton of bricks mm-hmm. he know he understands the full weight of what that means in a way that even harry doesn't in book one yeah okay so then they know why is voldemort at the school they learn from friends that Voldemort was drinking the unicorn blood to keep himself alive and Ferenz may drop the bomb because why the fuck would Ferenz know this it's never really established but Ferenz would drop the bomb like and what else is hiding at the school at this very moment at this very moment and they're the like, oh, I, don't, I don't know. And then Neville's like, I don't know what What's the fuck that? that is. And now it's time to do some research. <laughs> so <laughs> Now they, they go to the library. Research. Well, How does Ferenz know that? Is that in the stars? I guess so. Well, I um, think Ferenz is friends with Hagrid. Maybe Hagrid just told him. It <laughs> could have been an accident from Hagrid. Could have been Dumbledore meddling, or it could have been in the stars. Maybe a bit mm. from Colum but you'd see. Um, yeah. <laughs> also, during this time... Dumbledore has found out that Hagrid's got a baby dragon and sent it away. Like, that still yeah. happens, just happens without their interference. Happens off screen. Yeah. Okay. So now they're researching Nicholas for Mel. While they're in the forest, do they become friends with Hagrid, or is Hagrid just one of the friendlier adults in the castle? I don't think they're like BFFs like they are in the books. No, I think. They're on good terms, but I don't think they're friends. Yeah, so. I don't think they're going to visit Hagrid for tea, but I think Hagrid gets a smile and a wave whenever they see him and maybe a chat in the yeah. halls or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So now they're researching Nicholas Fumel. do they find who Nicholas Fumel is quicker because maybe Neville as a pureblood who comes from a family that has expectations on him, and he is a scholarly boy. Maybe he knows a bit about Nicholas Flamel. Well, I think they're working backwards, because last time Hagrid name-drops Nicholas Flamel, and then they have no idea who that is, they can't find him in any books about modern Mm. magical achievements. But this time, Ferenc says there's a Philosopher's Stone up there, and then they work backwards from that, and that's how they land on. Like, they've got the answer. They just figure out more about it. Yeah, all right. So they find out about the Philosopher's Stone. It was invented by Nicholas Flamel. It does all cool. the stuff. Do that faster. Yeah. So don't need to spend months on that storyline. It happens in a matter of a week. Yeah. Do they have any cool. suspicions that, because they suspect Snape in the original book. Yeah. I think, I think they have no idea. They have no idea. Because yeah. none of the teachers are putting off big evil vibes. They they just think that Voldemort's trying to steal it. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, they so. think he's some sort of shadowy guy in the woods. I don't think they think that there's like anyone acting for him. All right. So they try and go to Dumbledore. Dumbledore's gone. Mm-hmm they all go down the trapdoor. um i don't think like yeah mcgonagold won't hear them out everything's the same as it is now they've done their final exams neville's scar is hurting him Mm -hmm. all the time and he's stressed over that because i think he would have a greater understanding of the fact that he has a magical curse scar and there's like he should be aware of problems for this (laughs) like checking yourself for moles because you know what skin cancer is neville knows this scar is bad (laughs) yeah bad vibe scar yeah so he's like, well, this means that, like, Voldemort's gathering strength. Something dark is happening. I think he knows what's going on. Okay, so he knows that he has to act tonight. He has to go down that trap door. Okay, so there's no, like, stop, I'll, I'll fight you. No. <laughs> that Obviously, that doesn't happen. Oh, we've skipped straight over. Hang on. Yeah, we've skipped over a much earlier storyline, which is... Um, Malfoy is leg-locking curse Neville Neville gets his courage and fights Crabbe and Goyle I don't think that happens no doesn't not necessary yeah (laughs) maybe it's just more of an enmity between Mm. Longbottom and Malfoy but things work out as they are yeah maybe they will duel one day but it won't be in first year I think Harry's (laughs) still everyone's most special little seeker boy Mm-hmm. And he's still on the Quidditch team, but he has no big dramatic Quirrell's trying to kill him with a spell moment. He just flies well and does his job, and maybe his yeah. dad buys him a good broom instead of McGonagall <laughs> and her clear <queer> favoritism. <laughs> okay, okay. So they go down, they go down the trapdoor, they form the Devil's Snare. Neville's like, "Sweet, I know what mm-hmm. to do." <laughs> he gets them through, and because he's the leader, yeah. he tells everyone to do it, and they do it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They get through that first hurdle. Neville's got a massive confidence boost. He's feeling good. Let's keep going. <laughs> they get to the second hurdle. It's the keys. And there's a broom. Harry's like, "Sweet, I got, I got this." this. <laughs> <laughs> they get through, no problem. Now it's the. They get to the next one. Chessboard, yes. Ron's like, "I've done it." <laughs> High fives all around. <laughs> They're like, "Yeah, this is easy as." Okay. But Ron would Ron still sacrifice himself? It might be necessary. I think um, it's necessary. Still, he's he's got more pieces yeah. in the game. If if anything's going to change, more of them are going to get hurt. Yeah. So. Harry stays behind to tend to Ron and to try and send a message to Dumbledore Mm -hmm. Hermione and Neville move to the next room Hermione does her potions puzzle no problemo Mm -hmm. and then it's like Neville says to Hermione but you shouldn't come with me because I have a very bad feeling from my bad vibe scar but this isn't (laughs) going to end well so you need to make sure that Harry and Ron get back safely and all this sort of stuff and I don't want you to die basically (laughs) you're my friend I think no matter (laughs) what combination of students makes it to the potions puzzle the potion is set up in such a way that only one person goes through. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the reason why Hermione doesn't go with Harry in the book. So that's true. no matter who ends up there, Hermione solves the, pu- the puzzle and then everyone is like, Neville's the one who's going to go through. Obviously, he's the boy who lived. Like, there's mm-hmm. no, Harry doesn't have plot armor propelling him forward. It's always going to be Neville. Mm-hmm. So Neville keeps going. Whatever combination of students are left alive and un- unconscious tend to run, and they go back and blah blah blah. Things plan out as they are. Yeah, Neville confronts Quirrell. Okay, he knows about the mirror. He knows about the philosopher's stone. He should be, he should be set, right? There, <laughs> there shouldn't be should any be set. <laughs> there shouldn't be anything that holds him back. He's set like a jelly. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, Voldemort's going to be like, I'll bring your parents back. Neville, I don't think he's going to go for that. No. Like, he's not stupid. <laughs> There's no reason that he sides with Voldemort. That's crazy. Yeah. I also don't think that he wants the stone for power and immortality and gold. No. Again, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so it just goes exactly the same as it is with maybe a less iconic one-liner from Neville. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you liar! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay, Neville takes down Quirrell, he turns to dust, Voldemort passes through Neville, and Neville wakes up in the hospital wing, Dumbledore mm-hmm. gives him a cryptic message. <laughs> uh, <laughs> then he, he goes out, and all, his, all his three friends are there, Yeah. and then uh, they win the House Cup. They've with done With more it. points. High fives yeah. all around. Um, <laughs> yeah, they win the House <laughs> Cup by even more, because Neville doesn't just get 10 points, he gets 50 like everybody else. Although well, the, the others got 50, Harry got 60, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. It was 60, 50, 50, 10, I'm pretty sure. Okay. What is that um, all together? 170? Oh, man. This math I can't do. <laughs> okay, yeah, 170. Okay. You're right. <laughs> so, uh, oh, God. I don't know. I can't divide they, that equally into they four. De, they Everybody defeats... gets 40, except Neville, he gets 50. <laughs> Whatever. They beat Slytherin. <laughs> they win. They win. All is well. <laughs> First book done. That is okay. one hour, is it? <laughs> Yeah, that took an entire episode. Listeners, this is going to be a mini-series because we made it all the way to the first book. We're going (laughs) to keep going.
1: Neville Longbottom
0: and the Chamber of Secrets. (laughs) Coming next to you in cinemas 2002. Oh, God. I'm so proud of us for making it all the way through that. We really were stumbling a bit, but... (laughs) Yeah, look... In hindsight, I should have read the plot synopsis of the book before we did that episode. I promise you I will do that before we do episode two. <laughs> okay. That was cohesive. I don't think we forgot anything. And I'm proud of Neville for making it. Yeah. I'm actually... Do you want, want to hedge a bet? Like a, a little bet? Do we think we'll be able to get past a certain book? Like, or would we get trapped? Book three? I mean, book four. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like things are going to fall apart at book three. I'm going to put it there okay well i think book three is going to be largely a non-event but yeah i when i did like my notes preparing for this i got i got stuck in book four mm. book four i didn't think i could get neville all the way to the end of that still living this is like a playthrough <laughs> <laughs> so look listeners this will either be a three four seven part series <laughs> we'll see as we go i hope you're excited for it stay tuned well, I've been Jim and I'm proud of Neville for making it this far. I've been Rhea and I believe in the Golden Quadro. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you want to support us or get in touch, the links to our social media and Patreon are in the show notes. Please feel free to send us so many messages that we go mad and run away to a hut on a rock in the middle of the sea just to avoid them. You'll hear from us again in two weeks' time.